Welcome back to the MCU Exchange Podcast. This week we've got a whole bunch of news on the TV side, plus our return to ranking the Marvel television shows season by season, and then for our big discussion, what should Avengers 4 be titled? Stick around for the MCU Exchange Podcast, we're coming at ya. We're back with you with another episode of MCU Exchange Podcast. And this week we've got the usual crew. It's me and Rhiannon and Adam. And uh, this week uh, seems like a little bit of a lull since we're coming off of San Diego Comic-Con and D23 back-to-back. Not as much news, um, but uh, we have a few things to talk about and really wanted to kind of wrap up some stuff from San Diego as well. And so we will, I guess, just kind of jump right into it. Uh, I feel like the TV side of things is starting to uh, get a little bit warmed up here as we're getting ready for some new shows. Um, We had a little bit of casting from New Warriors. Keith David was cast, we think, as the villain for New Warriors. Uh, Do you guys know Keith David at all as an actor or uh, have any thoughts on uh, the direction of that show? Um, I've seen the guy before. I guess I wasn't too well aware of him. Uh, I've seen him around. I think he was even on the flash a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was really weird how they, uh, how they announced it. You know, they didn't really say he was a villain, but they said he, I don't know, was going toe to toe with them or, or something like that. Um, so yeah, I thought it was interesting. I'm not sure if there's going to be a big bad or it's just kind of this angry guy, <laughs> you know, dealing with those damn kids or something. Adam, is there a like classic New Warriors villain? You know, I'm not too sure. Uh, none that really stands out, you know. It's just kind of, I mean, it's not like Spidey's Rogue Gallery, you know. Um, there's not really one big bad guy that stands out. I can't think of one, at least. Let's talk about uh, Iron Fist Season 2. So uh, this is going to be right in your wheelhouse, Rhiannon. We see that production is likely to begin in December. Can you remind, I guess, all of us here on the podcast what's going into production when and what that makes you think is happening in our uh, M- MCU Netflix world? Okay, so Jessica Jones. Well, I mean, we obviously we have Defenders coming out in a few weeks. Yay! Uh, Punisher has wrapped filming and it'll be coming out in November-ish. Not yet officially confirmed, but it'll be coming out in November. Um, Next on the slate, they started filming Jessica Jones. So we expect to see her next, assuming that they're premiering in the same order that they're filming. Luke Cage started not too long after Jessica Jones. Um, We have reason to believe the Daredevil writer's room has gotten to work on season three. So we expect to see that start filming. We've heard Charlie say that that will start filming later this year. And then, um, so if if Iron Fist starts production in December, that could mean that their writer's room is getting together, uh, which means we could start to see production in March, which means it would wrap up around October of next year, which if we are going to get three series a year, it probably means we'll see Iron Fist season two in early 2019, which is just unthinkable. I mean, just thinking about TV that far out is insane. But um, that is how our Netflix schedule looks at the moment. 
Yeah, I feel like Jessica Jones fans are saying, we had to wait that long for season two, and this one's going to come out just two years later, you know? But, uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see them kind of kick it up. Uh, Adam, I know you're excited about a second season of Iron Fist uh, with a new showrunner, yeah? I am so excited, man. So excited. Uh, Breath of uh, Fresh Air. So uh, it's going to be interesting, you know? That that was another, you did bring up a good point, you know. You know. Jessica Jones fans have to wait, and then Iron Fist is moving pretty quick. Um, hopefully not too fast, um, but I have faith. It'll be exciting, I guess, to uh, see what they can come up with. And I guess we'll know something once the uh, first half of the uh, reviews start rolling around. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. So we don't get Netflix ratings, so to speak. But if you guys had to guess, what do you think has been the lowest watched show so far? It sounds wrong, but I'm almost wondering if Jessica would be the least watched show, right? I wouldn't be surprised if she was the least watched. But I believe she got so much critical acclaim that it's totally worth it for Netflix. Yeah, I I mean, I could see that. But then again, I know so many people. Well, depends. I mean, I've seen so many people that I've talked to or heard that they stopped Iron Fist not even halfway through, you know. So, I mean, are we talking the full seasons or are we just talking? I I would probably say Iron Fist was watched less, but maybe Jessica Jones. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we can all agree that uh, J.J. was far more critically acclaimed, but that's kind of how those things go. The uh, critics like the less viewed stuff. I uh, moving on with some more TV news, Cloak and Dagger was filming in New Orleans this week, and it looked like, um, I, we, we're not sure, uh, we're not totally sure, but uh, actress Tracy Lords was hanging out in a hotel that looked a lot like the hotel they were working in. And she uh, hashtag cloak and dagger in her Instagram photo, so it looks like she may be showing up in uh, cloak and dagger. Uh, are you guys starting to get more excited for the show as it comes around? Yeah, I mean I think so. Um, it's nice to finally see movement on it, um, and and just like everything, I look forward to seeing that first real trailer or first real little bit of footage to give us a little bit more of a view. I mean, what we've seen so far, they've kept me excited. It's it's one of those things, you know, I always get too hyped on the movie slate and the flicks slate, and then I forget, oh man, we have Inhumans, in Cloak and Dagger, in New Warriors, and Runaways. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I The uh, little teaser, I guess we're calling it a teaser, right? That, that came out, and it was totally not what I thought Cloak and Dagger was going to be, but in a good way. You know, it... They announced it's going to be on Freeform, so I figured it was going to be all light and funny and happy, and that's not really what we saw at all. So it was uh, it was good. I, I liked what we've seen so far, and I, I certainly want to see more. Yeah, we were talking back at Comic-Con. Adam, I don't know if you remember, Jeff Loeb said something about, like, well, I mean, there's 14 shows in development right now at Marvel TV, and that's just the ones you know. And we were immediately like counting. We're like, okay, Defenders, Punisher, 
you know, probably Daredevil, Jessica, Luke, you know, Iron Fist, New Warriors, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Inhumans, Cloak and Dagger, Runaways, Legion, Gifted, you know, like, what, what? which one are we missing? And it's kind of shocking that there's that much it's Marvel insane. TV going on right now. It's insane. That's a good point. So, I mean, we, we eventually got to 13, so there's... I mean, and that is counting Gifted and Legion. So if if you just meant, you know, just MCU properties, but I think he meant Total Marvel. But regardless, that's still 13. So we still have that one more we got to discover, uncover. You, you know what it could be? It might be the, um, they're doing a Deadpool animated on FX. Yeah. With, uh... Danny well, Glover is that not not Danny Glover Donald this, Glover uh, I mean it could be but then again they're just releasing a new Spider-Man one too with both Peter Parker and Miles Morales I think or something like that I know they're coming out with a brand new uh, Spider-Man around the same time so I'm not sure if that would be counted in I don't know who knows maybe maybe Jeff yeah. just misspoke or I, who knows I think that the Marvel animation is a different arm. So, like, it's kind of confusing. Like, Disney has Disney animation, and not everything that's animated at Disney is on Disney Animation Studios. Does that make sense? So, it may be that that's a Marvel TV production instead of a Marvel animation production, even though it's animated. So, I don't know. Uh, another one of those TV shows we mentioned is The Runaways, and we got a little bit of news from the TCAs this week. Um, biggest news that kind of came out was some of the characterization that they're working on. It looks like they're being really true to the comic books. Uh, and there was also, uh, we found out that the pilot and the second episode are actually going to take place over the same events. And the first episode is going to be like from the kid's perspective and the second episode from the parent's perspective. Uh, Rhiannon, I know you know Runaways pretty well. Are you... Excited for that idea, or does that sound kind of redundant? I don't know how I feel about that idea. I um, I don't usually love that process. Um, I'm trying to think of where all we've seen that sort of change of point of view is happening. Um, Agents of Shield did it this year with the um, like the upside down kind of thing. Where they found the ghosts at the nuclear reactor, and like Coulson and Fitz had to go to like some other dimension. Yeah, yeah. And they told the action twice. I mean, that's the that's the time that came. Yeah, mind. yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking that there was some other movie where they did that, or a TV show or something. Um, but I, I, it would have to. It, I hope it's executed extremely well. Um, one of the big things about Run of Ways that I always liked was the big twists, the things that the kids didn't know that then you get to see them discover. So I hope they don't give away anything like that. Um, I feel like it could really build up the intrigue, though. And um, I'm just so excited to finally see it. And I wonder if this isn't a Hulu thing. Do we know anything about how they're releasing this? Because I know, like, Handmaid's Tale, they released the first three episodes, and then they released week to week. Have they said any... Did they say anything like that at the TCAs? I haven't looked through it all yet. Uh, I don't remember seeing that. Okay. Um, I, I know we have a date, I think, now in November. 
if this is if this news is correct and they are doing this like two perspectives over two episodes, I hope they drop the two first two right away. Yeah. Because it is going to feel like a slog, you know, like to get the to get the first episode and be really you know hyped about it, and then you have to wait a week to see some of the same events happen again you know like i would hope they'd put the two together so right and that's what i knew i I listened to a podcast with the handmaid's tale writers and they said okay we knew they were releasing all of these at once so we wrote this to to appease fans in that way to know they were binging at this rate and then to leave them wanting for the next week. So if that is what they're doing, I hope that they're releasing them both at the same time. And I, I, I'll give it a chance. I mean, I don't normally love seeing the same action twice, but maybe. I- you know, truth be told, uh, the, the Runaways news was Any coming thoughts, out. And I caught a headline with the G word in it, and I stopped reading. Uh, once I see once I see that word grounded, I'm just like, I don't know about this. So <laughs> we'll see. Oh, I thought you were going to say Grant Ward. I was like, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, which one's worse? I don't know. <laughs> I, you know... Like, I was reading, uh, it was, actually, I think it was Runaways. They said, this show is going to be grounded and fantastical, (laughs) or something like that. And I'm like, those words, I think, mean opposite things. Like, what are you talking, you know, like, we've seen that there's going to be a velociraptor in this. I don't, uh, I I think that these, like, writers mean that some way other than we hear it, or something, I don't know. It, someone at Marvel needs to strike it from everyone's vocab, though, you know? Um, let's see. Uh, this is not so much news, but there was another rumor that went around that John Ridley's secret project is Miss Marvel. And I thought this was kind of interesting. I wrote this up for the website yesterday. The thing I thought was kind of cool about this rumor is that um, it makes some inherent sense to me. Like, uh, I kind of laid out the timeline if he was doing Miss Marvel and he knows he has to make it as a byproduct of a Captain Marvel movie, then it kind of explains why John Ridley's taken years to develop this. Because every time he turns around, they're delaying Captain Marvel. They're like messing with the plot. They're moving the movie to the 1990s. They're adding scrolls. Like, I just have this image now of John Ridley, like sitting there like, oh, my draft is finally finished. <laughs> ring, 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 ring. Uh, sorry, we're going to have to push the show back six months. Oh, okay. So he rewrites the script a little bit. Ring, ring, ring. What would you think if she was in the 1990s and we don't introduce her until the <laughs> yeah. second Infinity? Oh, okay. You know, like, it just seems like that's the way that was going down. Um, would you guys like to see a Miss Marvel TV pro- project? I know, Adam, you were talking about that on Twitter this week. Yeah, I, I would guess at this point with how everything's going, I would I would assume it is a TV show. I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, I, I would guess it's a TV show, but then again, the whole grounded route they're all taking, you know, of, of the past year or so. It's just, I don't know. I mean, it fits in with what they're tr- creating on Freeform, you know. Um, the character does at least. Um, but you know, that kind of might start a snowball type deal. If you put, um, 
Miss Marvel on TV, you know, where would you put like a Sam Alexander and a Miles Morales, you know? Because I mean, if Miss Marvel's on TV, then Nova 2.0 shouldn't be in a movie, you know? Um, I don't know. I guess. I mean, I I wouldn't mind either way. Um, but I would guess just the way things are shaping up, I would guess it'll be a uh, Miss Marvel TV show in some shape, way, or form. Uh, over a movie at this point. Uh, all right, let me just put together like three or four little small news bits, and uh, I'll put them out there. If any of these sound interesting to you, feel free to sound off on them. Uh, but I'll go through them quickly. Uh, San Diego Comic Con, Thor Ragnarok was the most talked about film online. Uh, it's still overall uh, has not been talked about as much as say Justice League, but that trailer uh, had had the biggest bump of anyone over San Diego Comic Con. Avengers 4 is set to do some filming in Tokyo and is looking for Yakuza-type actors. Uh, Judy Greer is returning as uh, the ex-wife of Scott Lang in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, Joe Russo said that Avengers Infinity War is going to be inspired by 90s heist movies. Uh, I think people have suggested kind of like Heat. Uh, and we had a high-res image released of uh, Spider-Man in the Iron Spider costume. And Captain Marvel is going to film primarily in California for all of those sweet tax deals. Um, I think that... Oh, the other thing that um, we didn't talk about last week, I don't think. In that Thor Ragnarok trailer, we saw an image of a tower that seemed to have Beta Ray Bill, Man-Thing... And some other characters, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, that's when they're going to have to watch the continuity, though, because he was, uh, he's mentioned, been name dropped in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Yeah, he was. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that, to my knowledge, that's the only reference. And that's kind of the type of deal where I think it was Hill talking, I think, and she says, What's a man thing or something? And who knows? It could be just what well, they could easily pass that off as some other alien or something. But, I mean, if you look at the still from the trailer, I mean, that is most certainly Man-Thing on there. And, uh, yeah, that's him. Definitely. Rhiannon, do you have anything else in that news that was interesting to you? No, I'm still just, like, getting out of my uh, traveling fog. So, <laughs> thank you for telling me all the news is I missed. <laughs> is it... Is it harder to keep up with the news when you're actually at the con than if you're at home watching it like we were? Totally. I um, just saw the Thor trailer. It was maybe Wednesday when I finally sat down to watch the <laughs> Thor trailer, like with sound on and everything. Um, I mean, yeah, especially things like the trailers dropping, like getting a chance to see those. Yeah. It, it's It's hard to catch up. And yeah, it is. I mean... Because there's so many other things that you're trying to do. So it, it's weird that I'm behind on the news because I was there where the news was happening. Right. Uh, I think that does it for our news. And so let's go ahead and get back. Uh, last week we took a break from this feature we we're doing where we rank all the TV seasons. Uh, because we had a week to spare before Defenders and we had so much Comic-Con news. Uh, but we're going to jump back into that. We are to number three on our list. And this probably won't surprise many people. Uh, number three on our list, by just the slightest of margins, almost got number two, is Jessica Jones. 
Uh, I know that's one that I had a hard time ranking between what I had at number two and what I had at number three. Um, I enjoyed it a lot on the rewatch. So as we build up to Defenders, uh, let's just take a moment. Uh, what do you guys remember about Jessica and uh, what you liked and didn't like about that show? I found it very just like refreshing and different. Um, I loved seeing the character come to life. Of course, Kilgrave was just fantastic. Um, and it's a show that after the first watch, I was kind of like, eh. And then I rewatched it again with my mom and her friend. And it got better on rewatch, which not everything does. So it's just pretty solid. Yeah, that's been really, it, it really stood out for me as the best, as you said, like the best rewatch show. Um, as I've been going through all the old Netflix shows, getting ready for Defenders, there's just a lot of stuff there, and there's a lot of subtlety to the performances that allows you to watch it again and really like it, you know? Um, that yeah. the more that you, the more that you pick apart, uh, particularly Kristen Ritter's performance, the more that you see what she's doing. Um, there's been some other shows where I'm like, I actually don't want to watch these actors too closely because I'm going to start to be annoyed by what they're doing. Uh, but it's totally uh, not that way with her. Yeah, I mean, uh, David Tennant killed it. You know, his his character was so good, you know. Um, but I guess uh, Rhiannon did say the most perfect word to sum it up, and it was just solid. Um yeah, I I don't recall really anything um, that stood out like uh, that I really absolutely hated or disliked. You know, it was just solid across the board. Yeah, one of the things I noticed um, when I first watched it, I felt like Tenant and the Purple Man like kind of took over the show. Like it was such a imposing and terrifying presence, and you keep getting nervous that he's going to pop in because you think if he's within earshot of Jessica, you know, she's going to control her. And so I, the first time I watched it, I just thought so much about kind of that mm. psychological, uh, almost horror aspect yeah. to it. Oh, if absolutely. that makes sense. You know, and that's, that's the thing. How do you stop somebody that can make you do whatever the hell he wants? You know, I think we talked about this before, but I think the, uh, that, uh, what do you call it? The police, department or I I'm having a total brain fart that police scene where he's controlling the police officers and stuff the police station is that what you call it right um that might be my favorite one of my favorite scenes in the whole Netflix corner of the thing just how uh well that was laid out yeah what I found is that some of that power stuff though when that wasn't front and center anymore, I realized what a good detective show it was and like kind of the film noir aspects of it from the way they did the music to the way Jessica does voiceovers. They do this really cool camera effect where they like show a building in a park and like they start out with a park in focus and the building is fuzzy and then they kind of switch them and it's like those establishing shots just make you feel uncertain. It kind of just speaks to... You don't really know what's happening here. I think all of that stuff, it's a really good detective show and it's a really good mystery show. And because of the villain was so terrifying, I kind of thought of it more as a, a scary show, but looking at, at it a second time, I just really felt like that detective stuff came out, you know? 
And then obviously there's all of the subjects that they touch on. I mean, the whole reason it got the critical acclaim, just the way they touched on so many hot topic issues for women today without it being preachy, without it being driven in too deep. I felt that it was very subtly touching on, um, yeah, the episode smile, just touching on that feeling of this whole subject of asking women to smile, you know, not, not particularly caring if they're happy, but wanting them to provide a smile. I, as I watched episodes, I was like, wow, it's so awesome that this stuff is being put out there. You know, obviously, if somebody's going to be a complete jerk, they're not going to watch it and catch the subtleties and understand what the big issue is. But I just enjoyed seeing those issues brought forward. Yeah. I think overall, it was just a brilliantly written show. I mean, on that level, it's so good. Um, I think that Kilgrave is potentially a problem in his power set that that would overpower the show. And Jessica comes up with so many ways to, like, stop Kilgrave, and like so many creative ways to try to come around his powers. Uh, it kind of makes me wish that Luke Cage would have done it a little more. You know, like my complaint I, I always have about Luke Cage is that nobody seems to think about the myriad of ways that you could get Luke other than shooting him. And I love that for Jessica Jones, they never let that power set of of Purple Man kind of overcome the plot and Jessica comes up with two or three different ways to try to catch him. And there's the drugs and there's, you know, like, you know, going along with him for a period of time. And then there's that chamber they create. And I just, I just thought that was all very clever. And it just showed that they spent a lot of time. Like how would this actually work if this person was real, you know, which does bring, I mean, I, I getting the drugs bothered a lot of people because those drugs just don't work that way. <laughs> um, I mean, the specific drugs that she was looking for, they're the type that um, have to be constantly dripped in. It's not like you give a big shot and somebody stays out for eight hours. It's you know, they give it drip by IV. And as long as it's dripping into the system, they knock you out. And I know some people had some you know that sort of bothered them i think anytime you watch something and you know a lot about the subject matter you get upset about stuff like that um so that was something that i know pulled some people out but the show seemed to really overcome those few people that had those issues yeah I had a question for you guys. Uh, we've talked about Luke Cage already and this this countdown. We're now talking about Jessica. Uh, we've already talked about Iron Fist. Uh, do you guys feel like... Um, is Hogarth the same character in Jessica Jones as she is in Iron Fist? I believe she is the same person. But what she went through in Jessica Jones was incredible and huge. And it's the type of thing that makes you step back and reevaluate your life. So I don't believe she's the same person, but I don't believe it's a fault of the writers. I believe it's intentional. That's interesting. I mean, I can see that definitely. I just felt like um, she was so cold and just nasty at times in Jessica Jones. And then she was sort of like putting up with Danny and Iron Fist like, oh, you're so goofy and 
you used to be nice to me back in the day. You know, like, I don't know. It just, it's kind of jarring when you watch them close together, you know? Yeah, but Death by a Thousand Cuts and the repercussions of being so cold, the way that ended for her, I believe, was the type of thing that would make somebody softer going forward. Yeah. But maybe that's just how I explain it in my no. head so that I can still love the universe. <laughs> no, I mean, I can see that. I think the, the thing that got me was one of her last scenes is a scene with the uh, with the girlfriend slash assistant. And it yeah. feels like they ended it with her getting colder. You know, like with her becoming even more ruthless. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's just where it disconnected for me. But I see what you're saying, too. That kind of in between there would be some, some yeah, changes. Yeah, and I mean, the thing with Iron Fist, you have to realize it's the... I mean, who she's dealing with when we see her and that she's dealing with Danny and that was uh, kind of her past, you know? I don't know what... And she's started working with people with powers and obviously disappearing for 10 years and showing back up. You know, she may not know he has superpowers, but she knows that something freaky is up with him. So maybe she's... You know, because at that point we've seen her in Daredevil season two, explaining to Foggy that they've her firm has been working with people yeah that have powers, so maybe that has changed her a little bit as well. It's also great that she's the only person smart enough in Iron Fist. Like, what takes the Meachums like four episodes to figure out as far as Danny is he really Danny Rand? <laughs> She takes like 30 seconds, you know, she's like, oh, I should ask him some questions that only he would know the answer to. And if he can answer them right, he's Danny Rand, you know, like the, uh, the Meachums take so long to get through all that and the, the M&Ms by Courier and all that stuff. And, you know, like, but, but Hogarth just like, she's like, oh, well, what about this? And he answers the question. She goes, okay, yep. You are who you are. You know, like. I think that part is consistent with Jessica Jones that she's so sharp, you know, to figure stuff out. So, yeah. All right. Uh, that leaves us with two shows uh, on our countdown. And if you've been paying any attention, you know that both of those shows or both those seasons come from the same show. <laughs> so obviously we love daredevil and we'll be talking about next week and the week after. And then in three weeks from today, We'll be doing our review of Defenders, <laughs> believe it or not. So we are so close. Oh, my God. <laughs> it means we're like, what, 19 days away from it hitting or something like that? Oh, my gosh. Do you guys just want to talk about the first episode now? I'll tell you everything. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I saw footage online that said the opening scene <laughs> was... Um, was Iron Fist and Jessica Jones saving the Punisher in a sewer tunnel? That's <laughs> that's blatantly wrong, right? I'm so mad I didn't leak that because that would have been hilarious. I mean, I started some other wrong rumor. Um, I don't remember where or how, but no, that is not true. I mean, it was it was weird. I mean, I, I heard it on another podcast. They're like, "All right, we've got this footage description," and it was from like a pretty reputable site. And they started going into that. I'm like, unless Rhiannon's just lying to us, like, there's no Punisher in that show. What are they talking about? <laughs> Good gracious. Like, for real. 
I've been so dead set on stop saying Punishers and Defenders. And <laughs> like, I don't know where those rumors... I mean, because I was confused by the first scene, but I definitely knew that was not what was happening. <laughs> so, definitely. anyways, if, if, if you've heard that online, that is definitely not true. So... <laughs> All right, we, we yeah. want to, in our main discussion today, we want to hit a couple of things that came up at San Diego and just kind of explore them a little further. Um, and the biggest one is we thought it would be fun to try to guess or at least try to make pitches for uh, what Avengers 4 should be. So I feel like we got some new information. And I feel like we got some different options. Uh, Rhiannon, I will let you go first. Uh, if I'm, you know, if, if you're in charge of the MCU, where do you think we should go for Avengers 4? So I like the idea of Secret Invasion, where by the end of the first Infinity War, if we know about the scrolls and we're trying to figure out who's real and who's not, I like that idea of where we're going. I like the idea of the scrolls. Now, being a big part of it. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week, I think after you left. Okay. Uh, if they, if, so if they do this and they set up, you know, who's a scroll, who's not, um, who should they make a scroll? Like, the only way that this works is if somebody has been one. Do you have any uh, picks for who you think would be a good person to be a scroll? I liked the idea, and this totally isn't my idea. It's just one that might have even been bounced around behind the scenes. And I haven't listened to your part of last week's podcast without me. Um, I liked the idea of Nick Fury being a scroll. Um, and it just being that he's been manipulating everything. Um but that he's not really. So then everybody questions every alliance. So that would be one of my picks. Yeah. One of the things I like about that idea is uh, for agents of shield. And I'm sure they're not making that decision based on agents of shield, but for agents of shield, uh, it makes sense how he does the Tahiti project. Like if he's a scroll, he would have a lot more information about sort of Cree biology and know a lot more about how their bodies work and stuff. And it makes more sense that he would go that way to fix Coulson. And so I feel like that's one part of that that makes a lot of sense, you know. Oh, yeah. Adam, we talked about last week. Do you have any other uh, thoughts about who would be a good scroll? No, I mean, you know, someone... I I don't think they'd be crazy enough to have one of the A-listers be a scroll, you know, like uh, Tony Stark or Cap. Um, I think Nick Fury is a good choice. Um, if Hawkeye survives through Infinity War, maybe him or um, Black Widow as well. Um, yeah, I mean it'd be awesome to see <laughs> to see Tony Stark or Cap, but I, I mean Nick Fury, I think it's just the the perfect choice to be him, you know. And I had never even thought about the Tahiti project until you just brought it up. And I think that's absolutely brilliant. So uh, kudos. Um, but yeah, I just think, yeah, I would guess Nick Fury. Some of the, uh, you know, um, I don't want to call them bench warmers, but you know, Hawkeye. If he survives, probably him. You know, 
one of one of those types of characters. We did have uh, on our our mailbag. Uh, I think it was Love Waffle suggested that the one that would make the most sense would be Iron Man, and the idea would be that when he took that nuke up into space uh, during Avengers, that when he falls back down out of the hole in the sky, that it's not him anymore. That it's a scroll who's kind of like replaced him. And I kind of thought about that, and I thought that would be kind of cool because, you know, Tony has done nothing but co- like create villains since then. Whether it's been the stuff he did in Civil War, and you know, Zemo, or creating Ultron, or taking away Vulture's job so that he gets angry, you know, like he's a human villain creator, and so it almost kind of makes sense that like Tony Stark the whole time has been um has been a scroll. It would be really rough on Peter though. You know, like, can you imagine the Peter Parker scene? If he's like, Uncle Ben's dead and Uncle Tony is a scroll. <laughs> That'd be so cool. So what about Wong? Oh. Because Wong has been there with an Infinity Stone, just like quietly watching everything, learning stuff. Could he be a scroll? Yeah, you know, I mean, so I don't know if I have a good answer to that. It is interesting you mentioned Infinity Stones. The idea that Avengers 4 would be about the scrolls feels like it's a little bit of a, like, de-escalation. You know, to go from, like, Thanos controlling the power of the entire universe as an omnipotent being to, hey, look, these guys are shapeshifters, like... So I think the Infinity Stones is an interesting thing. Like, would the Scrolls attempt to get hold of the Infinity Stones? You know, like, how how would a Scroll storyline play into the Infinity Gauntlet stuff? I think it's a really interesting question, yeah. All right, Adam, if you had to pitch an Avengers 4, what do you think you would pitch um, it as? Um, Avengers Darkhawk Lives. I don't... <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, at this point, you know, that they're building up Infinity War for so much they're calling it the culmination they're calling it all sorts of this stuff um you know one you know one would think avengers 4 is essentially the reset button of sorts you know so something like secret invasion or secret wars makes sense i guess you know a lot of the uh, big name guys are are wrapping up and you know so it makes sense you know, but the but the flip side of that is Secret Invasion's not really a storyline that can be wrapped up in a two hour movie. You know, I mean, if the scrolls have invaded Earth that if it, if they've been doing it for years, have been in these people for years, you know, they're not all gonna be fleshed out and taken care of within that movie, you know. It'd seem like a threat as big as that might even need to take as many movies as Thanos of sorts, you know. Um, they could probably make it happen, I would guess. But, yeah, with with how guarded they've been with the name, um, I, I, I mean, <laughs> if they were if they, at uh, San Diego, they announced that it was Secret Invasion, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised, I guess, after hearing the Captain Marvel news. Um, I I just don't know what it could be besides something like that. You know, we now know the scrolls are in the MCU. Um, I, I, for the life, 
I'm losing sleep over it just thinking about it. I, w- I would guess some sort of secret <laughs> invasion thing. Um, but then that doesn't really spell out a good thing for Thanos. You know, is he going to take part in that too? I mean, we just heard Josh Brolin's essentially confirmed for it, right? He's filming or about to film in New York or something. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I had to go with something, it, it would go with uh, some sort of reboot, relaunch type feeling, I guess. Yeah, and, and that's why the idea of Secret Wars, I think, is really appeal- appealing to me. I, I do feel like it's an escalation, like, as far as Infinity Wars, where Thanos gets the gauntlet, and then at the end of that movie, he just uses the gauntlet to create, like, a battle world that's just totally different and it's totally topsy-turvy and upside down. And particularly when you look at the way that Secret Wars was used in the comics recently, where that whole Hickman run kind of built up. And then when they were when they finished the Secret Wars, like they just used it to retcon stuff that they wanted to put in. So like, oh, we want old man Logan to now be part of the regular MCU or Marvel Universe. Uh okay, that's what Doom did in Secret Wars. And Oh, we want Miles Morales and Peter Parker to coexist. Oh, okay, well, let's just do it in Secret Wars. You know, like, it became the easy reset button for anything they wanted to try. And I think it's an easy way to get rid of characters or recast characters. You know, cast somebody new as Iron Man. And why doesn't he look like Robert Downey Jr.? Well, because Thanos changed the way he looked in the midst of the battle world at Secret Wars. You know, like... I just think all of that makes a lot of sense to kind of help fix their continuity issues, you know? Now, I did have one last idea, which, before anybody complains in the comments, I know this is far-fetched. I know this is not going to happen. But if they really wanted to freak people out, at the end of Infinity War, you have a scene where all the heroes have been defeated and they're off somewhere in space, and you just show the four (laughs) defenders... And they're like, well, I guess we're going to have to do this job now. And then the screen goes to coming next, you know, next May Avengers defenders assemble. Absolutely. That would be so incredible. Wouldn't it, you know, like bring all the TV stuff in. I mean, I know it's unlikely, but I feel like that's the one way Marvel could seriously raise the fan ante to another level is to finally come through with sort of the all connected you know, Black Bolt and Quake and Daredevil showing up in a movie, I think would really move the needle with a lot of fans, you know? Yeah, I just, uh, oh man, I couldn't imagine what Twitter would look like should Danny Rand be the one to save the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You'd be so happy though, Adam, you would be like, on cloud nine, right? Oh, if if we could have Danny and Davos and the Daughters of the Dragon be the ones to kill Thanos and and save Earth 616 as we know it, so be it. I would be in hog of heaven. Holy cow, that would be great. I actually would really like to see... I'd like to see Doctor Strange and Iron Fist in a show together, you know? Like, their origins have such similarities that I think it would be cool if we had them in the same same space at some point. That would be cool. All right, so we've talked about um, what Avengers 4 could be. We've talked about uh, who should be a scroll. Uh, let me just ask, um, let's ask a couple TV questions just as we finish processing. 
Uh, Rhiannon, we now know kind of how the next phase of Marvel Netflix looks, if that's the right term. We know that Punisher's coming out. We now know that all four of the main shows are going to get second or third seasons. Um, where do you think Netflix goes from here? Do we need to start adding more properties, or do they just keep rinsing and repeating these four or five shows they've got? I believe they will add new properties, but if it was you know my choice, it would move more towards ensemble shows where they bring more of these characters together. We're finally getting... Um, yeah, and, and I think after Defenders, we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, because, like, we know Misty is coming over to Iron Fist, and we're going to have some more crossovers now that they all actually know each other. So I, I would love for the next phase to be more, you know, heading towards... If they are bringing in more characters, if we are getting Moon Knight, which why in the world have we not gotten Moon Knight yet? If they're going to bring in Moon Knight, then, you know, don't make me wait three years for seasons. Merge Iron Fist and Luke Cage and give me Heroes for Hire. Um, if they're going to branch off and give individual series, give me Daughters of the Dragon. Don't give me like a Misty Knight series and a Colleen Wing series. But but do move on and do Daughters of the Dragon. Do... um. You know, I mean, I wouldn't even be upset if there's, like, spinoff runs from Daredevil. If they went with the new, I mean, you know, the current run of Daredevil gives him some spinoff stuff with um, Blindspot. That type stuff. Um, but but do more ensemble stuff. That would be what I would want. So that we don't have to get rid of characters in order to have these new shows. Yeah, like looking at Pun. I, I never understood why Punisher needed his own show, other than the fact that he has a huge fan base, and that John Bernthal did fabulous with the character. Um, but I felt that he would be a wonderful character to show up in all the series and have a solid plot wherever he could. Um, so my my next wish for the Marvel Netflix would be, you know, one, just like, let us sit with what we have for a little bit, which they never do. I mean, you know, what what is an industry if you just sit with what you have, but move towards ensemble shows and bring us one or two other characters that fit well, like Moon Knight and Moon Knight and more Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sort of suspicious I think that the success of Punisher in Daredevil Season 2, though, might convince them to take that tactic in the future. You know, like, that was Daredevil Season 2, but we all know it as the Daredevil Electra Punisher season, you know? And it would not surprise me if someday we get a um, the Moon Knight Iron Fist season, right? Or we get, you know, whatever, the the White Tiger Luke Cage season or something like that. You know, like... That they'll just, they'll take the safety of the IP that people already recognize and launch characters that way. And if they don't work, they just write them out. And if they do work, then they can keep them. You know, like, it would not surprise me. We keep talking about a horror show and doing Morbius or doing Blade or doing something like that. I wouldn't hate a Daredevil season that was like a more horror-based you know, if Blade showed up in Daredevil, I think that could be really fun. 
It's not like a traditional pairing, but I think they might do that and just feel safer doing that than trying to launch a show called Blade. Though Blade is probably the worst example because he does have some recognition, you know, in the market, but. Yeah, and and I I think that's a great way for them to do the spinoff series. I would rather them do that that way. Um, But I don't feel like we need a whole lot of new properties. Yeah. You have any thoughts on all that, Adam? Uh, you guys had me at Moon Knight. No, it's uh, yeah. I mean, they keep renewing what uh, the shows they have. Um, I would guess there's probably going to be another Defenders season sometime. Um, you know, unless they just share characters between shows. Um, if I was a betting man, I would have bet lot of money that we wouldn't have gotten a season two of either Luke Cage or Iron Fist, um, rather a Heroes for Hire. Um, but I mean, eventually we'll get something. There's got to be some things in the work with, you know, Moon Knights. I mean, wasn't there, there's a White Tiger reference in Jessica Jones, wasn't there? I think she uh, name dropped. Oh, yeah. A very, very Yeah, she one, name yeah. dropped Del Toro, I think. Um, so, I mean, White Tiger technically exists in the MCU. Um, so, th- they'll expand sometime. Um, it's just difficult um, to know when <laughs> because they keep renewing what they have now. But, you know, I, I'm i with you guys. You know, having, having Misty go over to Iron Fist makes sense. Um, more team-ups. I mean... Everyone loves team ups because it shows things are connected, and that's I guess the whole. I don't want to call it the theme of the MCU. You know, it's the, it's essentially what it's supposed to be about, right? Yeah. Speaking of that, I guess there's one more question, just as a follow up to San Diego, before we close out. Um, we're hearing that Inhumans and Agents of Shield is going to have a crossover, uh, near the end of Inhumans or the beginning of Agents of Shield. Are you guys on board with that? Do you want to see those crossover, or are you a little too nervous about Inhumans to really know yet? Like, what, what's your thoughts about that idea? Absolutely. Yes. I feel like these two shows had to cross over. I felt like the scheduling change to fit Inhumans before Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it kind of seemed guaranteed to me, but I am happy to see it. You know, I was pretty much going to say that same exact stuff. You know, absolutely only makes sense. Just because Shield's been doing with uh, dealing with Inhumans for for so darn long, you know, um, it only makes sense. Um, especially now that they're in space, um, I'm excited for it. I want to see Phil Coulson uh, interact with Black Bolt. I think that could make for some humorous scenes. Yeah, the one thing I've been thinking about is I'm nervous. The thing I'm nervous about as far as Inhumans in the universe is the, um, I'm not really a guy that usually says, well, why don't they call in the Avengers or whatever? You know, like it's always made sense to me that the Netflix stuff is small enough levels, um, threats that you wouldn't call in the Avengers and that, you know, if you have a vision, you don't really need to call up Jessica Jones, you know, like you don't need her firepower, so to speak. The thing that gets weird for me with Inhumans is that if Black Bolt is anything like the comics, he's, you know, one of the four or five most powerful people in the universe, you know? 
And the fact that he would never show up, particularly with a fight with Thanos, that starts to like shred credibility to some degree. And I know other people have been there forever. It's just, I don't know. Black Bolt's kind of the, the, the last like piece of the Jenga board to me that like if Black Bolt exists in this universe, he should be suiting up to go fight Thanos, you know? All right. Uh, I think that will do it for us. Uh, we can do real quick look at the mailbag. Um, I know that uh, most of our usual folks had some comments this week. Uh, and we appreciate you guys always sending in your thoughts to the podcast. Uh, last week was another great week. Not quite as many listeners as the D23 week. Uh, but still a whole bunch more than every other week before that. So uh, we really appreciate you guys uh, working with us. Um, uh, Fanamir had a lot of thoughts. He finally re-listened to us to our homecoming review, and so uh, he had some thoughts. I don't know if I necessarily agree with, but he had some good stuff there about um, Peter Parker maybe having too many friends to be really Peter Parker, um, and that they kind of changed him that way. Uh, Love Waffle had some ideas for Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, Chris was kind enough to congratulate me on the baby. Thank you, Chris. Kind of you. Um, and that's about it on the web page. On SoundCloud, we do have one... Oh, yeah, this is pretty good. So uh, The guy who I was talking about who followed me last week on Twitter is uh, Cash Craig, and uh, he mentioned that we talked about how much the Hulk is talking in Thor Ragnarok, and he was reminding us that uh, The Incredible Hulk exists as a movie. I always forget that, and apparently he talks quite a bit in The Incredible Hulk. So um, it's not unprecedented for Hulk to speak, so... I think that about does it. Did you guys have anything else you want to talk about this week? No, I'm looking forward to like rejoining the land of the living and um, actually being on top of the news this week. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really looked at the schedule. The next couple weeks we'll have to uh, work on good topics, I think, because uh, it'll be probably a little bit dead. Maybe we'll get a surprise trailer or something. Um, but the next two weeks... There's not much. The week after that will be our Defenders review, and then we'll have one week off, and then it'll be time for an Inhumans IMAX review. So um, that stuff's all coming up pretty quick. Um, uh, those shows will be interesting uh, to see how everybody uh, processes all that stuff, so it'll be good. Uh, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you online, and we'll be done. You can find me on the Twitter as Shot of Patron. And I'm on Twitter at Adam Barnhart. And I'm on Twitter as at Caleb A. Borchers. Uh, you can always interact with us on the show by tweeting us at hashtag MCUXPod. That's M-C-U-E-X-P-O-D. You can also leave comments on SoundCloud. You can leave comments on the website, mcuexchange.com. Um, you can also uh, like us, uh, like our posts on Facebook or Twitter. And then the biggest thing you can do for us is leave us a nice five-star review on iTunes. Uh, like we said, we have a bunch of new listeners over the last couple weeks, and we really appreciate that growth and the opportunity to uh, to share with you guys. So we want to keep on doing that. Uh, if you have ideas for things for us to talk about, like I said, the next two weeks uh, might be a little, uh, a little harder for us to come up with a main discussion. So go ahead and tell us the things you want us to talk about. Uh, maybe we'll finally do Jack Hammer's uh, suggestion of uh, closing all the, uh, the looming plot holes in the MCU. So we'll see. We'll do something. Yeah. All right, I think that does it for now. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.